Good morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's a beautiful morning to start in the Word of God. I'm thankful that you're with me this morning. Today, our six points this morning is on the topic of what are the two types of Christians, and are you one of them? If you're a Christian, that's a wonderful thing, but there are two types of Christians that are pointed out in the Bible, and today we're going to get into those. So without further ado, open your Bible, open a notepad, grab a pen, maybe grab a coffee, take a seat, and have a good morning devotional with me as we get into the Bible. This is going to help your life as we discuss what are these two types of Christians that are illustrated in the Bible. You thought there was just one. Maybe you thought there was a a million different types. Well, there are are multiple levels, as we'll get into this this morning, to Christianity. The Bible describes that, and it also tells us that we have a part to play, but there's also others that have a part to play in our development within Christianity. It's an important thing to know and to understand. A lot of people are ignorant to it, not that they're dumb, but that they're unlearned in this subject. So how do you know what level you can get to less you know what levels there are to go to and how to get there. So let's get into this point. Number one, I want to talk to you about this morning is there are two types of Christians. There's a carnal Christian and there's a spiritual Christian. You can write that down, take notes. It's there on the screen for you. There's two types of Christians, carnal Christians, and then there are spiritual Christians. What's the difference of these two? Well, there's a big difference. Some of the, um, the, Making it to be a Christian is just good enough. I want to tell you that there's not safety in good enough ever. Um, you may know that, you may not know that, but I believe, and the word based on the word, I'm not just saying I believe because of my imagination or my my beliefs, but there's never safety in good in quote good enough when something is quote good enough. And making it to Christianity is a wonderful thing. The work of Jesus is a powerful thing receiving Jesus as your savior and having Jesus in your life. The Bible says that we are a friend of God. Now we become a friend of God. We're not only sons and daughters, but we're friends of God. That's powerful in and of itself. We make heaven. There's so many promises that are available and protection within Christianity and being under the umbrella of Jesus Christ, the work that he did on the cross of Calvary, but it's not enough to just say, well, I've made it. I've reached the plateau. Now I just kind of endure through life as I go through things as this labeled Christian. I I don't think that that's what God has for us. Not because I'm just imagining that, but I've studied too much. I've read too much of the word to think that Christianity is just the end of the plateau. Once you've received Jesus, there's so much more. He even said in his word in John that we would, Jesus did that we would do more and greater works than he did on the earth. So I know that just receiving him as our savior is just the beginning. There's a lot in store for us, but what is this? What's the difference here? What is this Christian separation between you're still a Christian but there's carnality and then there's spirituality. We're going to look at that today. Number two, there's levels to Christianity. There are levels to Christianity. I want you to turn with me into 1 Corinthians. Three scriptures I want you to turn with me to is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 2, and Ephesians chapter 4. Three scriptures. Can you handle it? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. These are levels that I want to talk to you about with Christianity. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 2. And Ephesians chapter four. So let's turn to first Corinthians chapter three first. And Paul referencing to the Corinthian church 
gives them an explanation of what these different types of um, levels pertain to and how he can how he is limited in his communication to them based on their level. So number two, point number two is there are levels to Christianity. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one, and I brethren could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal people. So he separates the two types of people that he could communicate with. I could not speak to you as spiritual but I could speak to you as carnal as to babes in Christ. Now I saved your, your mind this morning for, from the sake of going into the Greek and studying out spiritual and carnal. I have done Greek studies on these to understand the difference between the two and to give you a synopsis. He gives us an idea of what carnal means. And that's what I want to stick to in this study is that, that when he says, I'm speaking to you as carnal, He uses the word babes, like babies. I'm speaking to you as babies. I'm speaking to you as a baby. And he says here that though you are not spiritual, I can still talk to you as a baby. So what's that word spiritual mean? If you go out and study that, it actually actually refers to a lack of, or carnal rather, refers to a lack of spirituality. The word spiritual means in touch with the laws and the principles of God. This is what that word spiritual means. It means to be in tune with those things and walking accordingly to them. So Paul, in the very beginning, separates between the two. I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal people, as babes in Christ. You're still in Christ, but you're a baby in Christ. Verse 2 says, I fed you with milk, not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it, and even now, Even though you've reached the level to where you should receive solid food, you're still acting in some senses as a baby and you're not able to for you still are carnal. You're still carnal. Now turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me get this pulled up here. First Peter chapter 2. Verse two, he says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So he's saying, again, I'm talking about these levels. So milk isn't a bad thing. Having the milk of the word is not such a bad thing that you can't utilize it or have it. And, and being in the milk of the word isn't a terrible thing. The point here is, though, if we ref- reference back to what Paul said and we look at what Peter's saying, is that being a baby is a phase. It's a level that you're on within Christianity. That at some point, eventually, you should go to the next level. You should go from a babe to a, sp- to a higher level than a babe to, you know, maybe it's an adolescent. Maybe it's a maturing Christian. Maybe there's levels to this that you haven't reached yet. That's the idea that he's giving here. And he says, as a newborn babe, desire the pure milk of the word. So what, what is, we can read in between the lines here. What is he saying? That in order to develop 
there should be a desire for the things that get you developed. And the word is one of those ways. We're going to talk about here in a second, the third level that we're talking, we're looking at in Ephesians four, that there should be a desire for this milk, for this pureness of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted the Lord, Lord is gracious. So there is a maturing, there is a growth that can happen. Turn to Ephesians now, Ephesians chapter four. I'm so proud of you for moving along in the scripture with me. Look at you navigating. You're like a professional word traveler now. Ephesians chapter four and go to verse 13. He said, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect, or you could say a matured, to a perfect matured man, to the measure, what are we measuring up against? to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Number three, point number three, is there's an importance to and there's a danger to staying in carnality, but there's an importance to growing spiritually within the things of God. There is a major importance to growing within the spiritual things and becoming a bigger spiritual giant. You know, I have another series uh, in my YouTube, on my YouTube channel and on my podcast channel about 10 ways to become a spiritual giant. One of my most popular series that I have on my Apple podcast channel, one of the most listened to on my podcasts on Apple podcasts. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. I think it's a, a seven or eight part series of 10 ways to become a spiritual giant. Well, Paul seems to think, not not even think, he's saying to become to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Point number three, like I showed you just a second ago, there is a danger in carnality. You're, it's not pleasing to God. And it doesn't have any faith in it if it's not pleasing to God. Because when you when you stay in this carnal state, let me turn with me over to Romans real quick. I remember Paul even talking about himself a little bit. Romans 8 and 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law nor can nor indeed can it be now listen to this in verse 8 those who are in the flesh those who live perpetually and reside within the flesh cannot please God if you rem remember back to Hebrews in 11 the 5th or 6th chapter uh, or the 11th chapter the 5th or 6th verse it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the element of faith has to be mixed within anything that you do for God to be pleased with it. That's a good word you should write down. That's a good word. Maybe get a sticker of it, put it on your, on your mirror in your bathroom, in your visor, in your car. Anything that you do has to be mixed with faith for it to be pleasing to God. Wow. Anything that I do has to have an element of faith or it's not. What if I'm in a desperate place and I'm just broken down and I'm, my faith is, is at a low level? 
I'm not saying that God doesn't care about you and God doesn't love you. That's not what I'm saying. But in order to please God, according to his word, faith has to be mixed within. It has to be stirred up within whatever you're doing for God to find pleasure in it. And here it's clear that walking in the flesh, this is, this is a danger to Christianity and to Christians, is the danger of walking in carnality is that there must not have any faith mixed, there must not be any faith mixed within it because God does not get pleased by those who walk in the flesh. It's an important element to think about. An important element to think about. Number, uh, number four, point number four, is the natural desire is okay Unless it runs you. A natural desire is okay unless that desire runs your life. Unless it orchestrates what you do. Unless it gives direction to you for your life. Uh, You know, there's nothing wrong with being a normal person and having desires for things, natural desires for things, having the element of passion in life about uh, being a, a a hard worker and and for your family to support your family, you're going to God gave you a a real body. God gave you a a brain. God gave you a heart. God gave you things to to be a normal human being. But here's the reality of this: it's not okay to have your life run by this natural desire. It's okay to have natural things, but to be run by these things. The Bible tells us that this will lead to death. Turn real quickly. This isn't in my notes, but this just came into my heart. I want to share this with you. When your heart is led by natural things, listen to this in James chapter 1 and 14. Each one is tempted. Me and you, each one, humanity, is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So what is it that draws you away and tempts you? It's not God. It's not God's blessing. It's the desire that comes from the carnal flesh side to lead your life. This is what leads you to desire and eventually entices you and eventually leads you into sin. This is the powerful side of the carnality and why it's so important to be in the spirit. Turn back into Romans now. Point number five. Point number five is... The spirit helps you in every manner of your life. The spirit helps you. Turn back to Romans 5. Romans 8, rather. Romans chapter 8, and I believe we're going to go to verse 26. Romans 8 and 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. So when you got to understand something, if you're living a life that needs help, The first thing you've got to realize is you are in the place you're in because of you. You need some external help. You need some outside resources to help get ingrained in your life to get you out of the place that you got yourself into. And that's okay. It's all right. It's okay to be in a place that you need help, but you have to realize what it's going to take to get you out of the place that you need help, out of the place that needs to get you in a different direction. This is going to take help from the Holy Ghost. This is going to take help from a stronger, higher power than what you have. Remember what the Bible says in Proverbs, that God's way of thinking is higher than your thinking. God's way of talking and 
acting is higher than your way of talking and acting and doing things. You need the help of the spirit in your life daily to to have victory over the things that you have you may or may not have got yourself into and we're at whatever place you're in but i want to i want to emphasize the fact that the spirit is what brings the power to you being walking in the spirit walking in the laws and the principles and the being governed by god's ways is what brings you strength and power in your life likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself the not not you as a walking in the spirit the holy spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and how he who searches the hearts know that knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of god so now the spirit of God helps you in times of need by with your ability to pray in the Holy Ghost. This is point number six is that you have to stay in the spirit continually and pray in the Holy Ghost. It's essential. It's absolutely essential for you to continually pray and stay steadfast in the things of God. Because think about what Paul said. He said, I've come to you before. I came to you last time and I couldn't talk to you because you guys were carnal. You guys were acting like babies. There was there was envying, strife among you, division. This is how babies act, man. I can't talk to you on a level that I really want to talk to you because you guys are acting in this way. It's portraying where you truly are. You know, that's one thing you got to understand is that so many people think that there's this there's two sides to their their own life. They've got their inward person and then what everybody else sees. The reality is what everybody sees is a true reflection of who you are on the inside. That's the reality of it. And you can fake some things, but you can't do fake for forever. And who you really are eventually comes out of who you are on from the inside. Because who you are on the inside and what you change from the inside out makes a replication of who you who you become in life. And the perception that I'm, I'm, you know, I really am close to God on the inside. And, you know, I know I don't read my Bible. I, you know, I, I, I could read it more, you know, and I really don't pray that much. And I don't pray in the Holy Ghost as often as I should. Every once in a while, I think at church, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I did for a minute. And, and uh, you know, I, I know I don't go to church very often. And I know I don't read my Bible and I, I don't spend any time worshiping God and praising. God. I know I don't do any of these things. But I'm, I love God with all my heart. Do you? Is that How does those two connect? This is childish talk. This is how babies act. This is how young children talk. Is The outward shows a different picture than what's on the inside. They're, they Or what they say is on the inside. Well, I, I'm passionate for the things of God. I love God. But yet you spend no time with Him. Yet you have no relationship with Him. Yet you don't spend any time in his house that he's built for you or he put in place for you. He, you don't spend any time reading his word that he gave and the promises and the illustrations and the prophecies of what's going to take place on the earth. You don't spend any time in those things, yet you're a mature, growing Christian in your mind. It can't. You can't mix the two. That doesn't make sense. So you have to 
start at the base of let's get the milk of the word. Like it said in Peter, let me desire the, the pure milk of the word. Let me get this word inside of me. Let me, let me get this word, this doctrine so deep inside of me that it becomes my rudiment and my direction for life. This is what I have to go by. Powerful, powerful. This is what you're led by. This is what everything is based upon. Every leading, every guidance that you have in your life refers back to the word of God, stays on the doctrine of the word of God. That's how you develop in Christianity. That's how you mature in the things of God. But if you're not a spiritual giant, if you aren't at the level that you want and desire or know you should be at, then do what Peter said, desire the pure milk of the word. It'll develop you. It'll enhance you to get to the place that God really has for you. Hope this helped you this morning. This has been six points at 6 a.m. As always, be sure to share and subscribe. Hit that like button right at the bottom there in the description. You can follow me on different Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all these different pages. But be sure to follow on Apple Podcasts. Listen to the Apple Podcasts. They're great. They're a little boost. They're a little shorter and condensed so you can get the meat of this stuff. But I hope this blessed you this morning. Share it with somebody. Love you so much. I'll see you on the next broadcast bright and early. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.